What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. This is another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase joining you in studio, as always, on this Wednesday edition of the show, April 8th, which means tomorrow we are officially, and probably by the time you're listening to this, since I'm recording on a late Wednesday night, you are probably officially two weeks away from the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles right now with the 21st overall pick. And this year is going to be a fun class. It's an important one for the team for their long-term future. And there's some pieces they need immediately next season. And they have eight picks to work with right now. It's it's going to be the first time in, I would say, what, four years that Philadelphia's draft is something that you were looking forward to maybe more than any other off-season event, right? Because they've been in such a win-now mode. Free agency has been so important for them. Um, With the Carson Wentz trade, they haven't had as many draft picks. So while the draft was still super important for them, it found them Dallas Goddard and Derek Barnett, um, Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders, the list goes on, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat. It hasn't been... I don't think the buildup has been as crazy because we're so into what the Eagles have done in the regular season in this win-now mode. The draft hasn't really been as important immediately, whereas now there are holes that they need to fill immediately in long term that this draft is going to really help them with. And there's also a ton of draft picks to work with. That's the other reason that I feel like the draft hasn't had as big of a buildup with Eagles fans the past couple years is because they really also just have not had as many draft picks as they, you know, traded up for Carson Wentz. And because they were in this win now approach, they were trading a third round pick for Ronald Darby. They were trading a fourth round pick for Jay Ajayi. They were trading another third-round pick for Golden Tate. Whereas this year, Howie Roseman collected his comp picks. He did give up a third and a fifth for Darius Slay, but he's got a first, he's got a second, a third, and three fourth-round draft picks. So it's an exciting draft for Philadelphia, and I really cannot wait to get this going in two weeks. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoy the speculation, the hype season of the NFL draft process and digging into all these prospects and going back and forth and debating the likes of Justin Jefferson on Eagles Twitter, but I am really ready to get this thing rolling, and I'm sure you are, especially with right now the hiatus with sports as COVID-19 continues to break out across the, the the country. So, and with that being said, I hope everybody again is staying safe out there and staying inside, social distancing, and listening to Lockdown Eagles. And make sure you subscribe on any podcast platform, and we'll get you through this this tough time. We got four to six episodes a week being downloaded into your phone, or of course you can always check them out on. The internet at LockdownEagles.com as well. What's coming up on today's edition of Lockdown Eagles? I don't know if you remember, depending on how long you've been listening to Lockdown Eagles, you might remember an episode last year around this same time where me and Gino constructed a roster of quote-unquote my guys. So for you that don't know exactly what a my guy is, it's a draft prospect that you are enamored with that you will pound the table for for your team to draft them, right? I feel like all of draft media has at least one. All of fans on Twitter that are into the draft and, you know, scouts, general managers, there's back and forth debates in the war room over the years where scouts have debated. They've gone to the the clinic for the to the cleaners for their prospect. And we last year did a construction where we did an offensive and defensive lineup of my guys throughout the history of the draft, right? The biggest my guys for us each year. So at quarterback, it could have been Lamar Jackson. At running back, it could have been Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs. Whereas this year on this podcast today, we're going to kind of do the same thing, only we're going to specifically stick to prospects in this 2020 pool. So coming up in segment two, you'll hear my 
my guy, offensive and defensive lineup. I'll go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, and then on defense as well, every position. I'm going to build a starting lineup off of the guys that I'm really pounding the table for in this year's NFL draft. And then in segment three, you'll hear the same from our co-host, Gino Camilleri. So we got to hit one quick break. And then coming up, you'll hear the Lou DiBiase My Guys roster of the 2020 NFL draft right here on Locked On Eagles. All right, everybody, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Eagles, a Wednesday version of the podcast. Really excited to get into today's episode because I'm going to list off the guys that I'm in love with in this 2020 NFL draft. I'm going to build a starting lineup on both offense and defense of guys that if I was in that Eagles war room, or at least this year, it's going to be a virtual war room. Okay, so let me let me switch that up. If I am a member of the Philadelphia Eagles organization that's in this draft Zoom conference call, again, the virtual war room, here are the players that I would pound the table for, and we will start on the offensive side of the football. At quarterback, a position that the Philadelphia Eagles do not need, thank God, because Carson Wentz is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but... And again, that's why I haven't really dug super deep into the position this year in the draft, but one guy that I really, really like, actually over Tua, is Justin Herbert from Oregon. Justin Herbert, to me, he's got the size, he's got the mobility, he's got the big arm, he's got all the physical upside, and you guys know, yesterday I did a podcast where I literally hunted down upside prospects in each round for Philadelphia. Those are my kind of prospects, and while he might not be as safe of a pick as Tua is, or as Joe Burrow is, I think he's got a crazy big ceiling, and yeah, sometimes it comes back to bite you when you take those kind of players, like a Paxton Lynch, who I really liked, but sometimes it pays off when you prioritize a Carson Wentz over a Jared Goff. So Justin Herbert out of Oregon is my quarterback on my My Guys lineup on offense. At running back, it's Utah's Zach Moss. Once again, a position Philadelphia is okay at right now with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Some of the most security they've had at running back in a long time, long term. Zach Moss is a a fun combination of you know, size, power, balance, really good lateral agility, short area explosiveness. I think he's somebody that you could get in the third, fourth round, and maybe fourth round's a little bit too steep, but Zach Moss, day two, is going to be a player that immediately can step in right away and I think be a starting running back for a team. And pass blocking-wise, too, I think that's an area where he does have a, a pretty big ceiling. So Utah running back Zach Moss is my running back on my My Guys offense. Now we get into the, some of the positions that we've really been digging into right here on Lockdown Eagles because of how bad the Philadelphia Eagles do need that position. We'll start here at wide receiver. I'm going to go with three receivers here on the field. And number one, it's Arizona State's Brandon Ayuk. You guys know how much I like Ayuk. He is my fourth-ranked wide receiver after Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, and Jerry Judy. If I'm Philadelphia at pick 21, or even if I can move back and take him, you know, the more the merrier, and hopefully other teams take Justin Jefferson and Denzel Mims instead. But if I'm sitting there at 21 and I have the options of Ayuk, of Jefferson, of Mims, I'm taking Brandon Ayuk. This is a 6'1 guy, but he has the wingspan of a 6'9 wide receiver at 81 inches. He's also got a 40-inch vertical. He showed he can make plays down the field contested or by creating separation, and that's really where Brandon Ayuk makes his money is with that speed, with that explosiveness, that run-after-the-catch ability. Maybe outside of K.J. Hamler in that second tier, there's not a guy in that area. Maybe LaVisca Chanel, but Ayuk is right up there uh, in run-after-the-catch danger. It's just defenses. He gave them nightmares 
all the time at Arizona State, and he's also versatile. He can be a punt returner for you. He can be a kick returner. He can line up across the formation. Great in the screen game. Brandon Ayuk is one of my favorite receivers in this class out of Arizona State. My other wide receiver on the outside is going to be Florida's Van Jefferson. So I didn't want to just list CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. Those are the my guys, right? I'm not listing just a bunch of stars. It's players in the first, second, can be third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh that are guys that I would pound the table for in that area where they should be picked. And with Van Jefferson, I think... You know, you get to the bottom of the second round, you get into the third round. He's a player that I would love for Philadelphia as that guy that competes with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside next year and Greg Ward for that third receiver spot, assuming that you draft another receiver in the first or second round. I just, I'm in love with Van Jefferson's route running ability. It's, I, it's right there with Jerry Judy's and C.D. Lambs, I think, as the best in this draft class. And I don't think he's as dynamic of a player as those two, and it's why he's going to be picked later on in the draft, but holy cow is this guy smooth off the jump of the snap. I mean, in man coverage, press, it doesn't matter. He can turn you inside out into a pretzel, and he's actually got really good speed. Jim Nagy, who runs the Reese's Senior Bowl, when Van Jefferson was down there in Mobile, Alabama, one-on-ones just carved up corners. And again, he's got speed. They actually had him as the fastest player at the Senior Bowl with a max speed of 21.05 miles per hour. So Van Jefferson on the outside with Brandon Ayuk, that's pretty dynamic. And then in the slot, it's my guy, you guys know, Penn State wide receiver K.J. Hamler. There not, might not be a player outside of Henry Ruggs that I want to get into space more in this draft than K.J. Hamler. Elite speed down the field, short area explosiveness, and he knows how to use that speed from the minute the ball is snapped in his route running. You know, some guys that are super fast, just they don't run routes that fast, and it slows them down. It doesn't matter if you're a 4-3 wide receiver, if you cannot create that separation instantly off the jump. And Hamler can do that and I think he can play inside I think he can play outside Penn State used him at running back sometimes I mean just using him across the formation in motion I just I love the possibilities of what KJ Hamler could be especially in an Eagles offense that would love that kind of player and he's just so twitchy I mean the speed is there and I like I said the short area explosiveness I mean just can turn cornerbacks inside out with how quick he can change direction back and forth. It is so impressive. And that, when it comes to the ball after the catch, when it's in his hand, that twitch along with that speed in the run after the catch category, elite in that area as well. All right, moving on to tight end. Not a lot to choose from in this class. It's a pretty thin tight end prospect pool in 2020. But I'm going to go with a guy that I watched a lot on national television last year, the son of Randy Moss, a player that pretty good run after the catchability, thrived with Joe Burrow. It's Thaddeus Moss as my tight end. Again, Moss is a player I like, but this more so also has to do with just the tight end pool is pretty weak in 2020. On the offensive line, let's go through this. USC offensive tackle Austin Jackson, offensive guard out of Missouri, Yazir Durant. My center is Temple's Matt Hennessy, right guard Georgia's Solomon Kinley, and a right tackle out of St. John's, Ben Barch. The theme here with my offensive line is versatility, and it's also mobility. So obviously power and technique, huge for an offensive line, but I've just 
grown so accustomed to seeing offensive linemen in Philadelphia also have quickness and they can get up to the second and third level at times. You know, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, who was a former quarterback, Jason Peters, a former tight end. Jason Kelsey's smaller, not as powerful as a center, but man, does he have quickness and he can quickly get up to, you know, linebackers and safeties blocking in the run game and just so smart. So uh, that's what I liked here about a lot of these players. And I did go for some size. Yazir Duran out of Missouri, he's 6'7", 330 pounds, but the dude can move like somebody the size of Jason Kelsey. And I think Matt Hennessy out of Temple, I think is someone you should keep an eye out for the Eagles in the second round. He's a player, a local kid out of Temple that I think could immediately be a productive starter um Jason Kelsey's future you don't really know he could retire at any point now I think you know it's a very good chance in 2021 that he does hang it up so a guy like Matt Hennessy is someone to keep a close eye on or the versatility of a Ben Barch I put him at right tackle but like Matt Pryor I could see him in you know Halapuli Vadi Vaitai last year I could see him playing all across the offensive line and then you know Solomon Kinley powerful quick same with Austin Jackson I think that's a very Lou DiBiase like offensive line all right so that's my my guy offense Justin Herbert at quarterback, Zach Moss at running back. My three receivers are Brandon Ayuk, KJ Hamler, and Van Jefferson. My tight end is Thaddeus Moss, and then my offensive line is Austin Jackson, Yazir Durant, Matt Hennessy, Solomon Kinley, and Ben Barch. The My Guy lineup of Lou DiBiase right here on Locked On Eagles. Let's get into the defense now before we get into Geno's My Guy lineup. This one, a lot of upside, right? You guys know that's my style. Starting up top at the defensive line line. I mention him all the time. It's Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. Pass rushing specialist. Explosive. First step. Quickness. Crazy good. Also, his bend really, really impressive. This is a guy that had 16 and a half sacks the last two years. I just think he, if he can stay healthy, which is a big if, I think he could be a star in the NFL. My defensive tackles, a lot of pass rushing ability here. Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. I think outside of Derek Brown. I think actually he is better than Derek Brown. I think Javon Kinlaw is the best defensive tackle in this class. And then Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma, very powerful, but he's got surprising quickness off the snap and he's got pass rushing ability and that's what I like in my defensive tackles. So I went with Javon Kinlaw and Neville Gallimore on the interior and then a player kind of similar to Daryl Taylor with a crazy high ceiling. It's Joshua Uche out of Michigan. My linebackers, I went with two because I'm going to go with three cornerbacks instead in a nickel formation and then two safeties. It's two guys that have a ton of range, a ton of speed, maybe a little bit raw, but they can mold into a three-down linebacker. And they're both, I would say, projected to be second or third-round picks. Number one here, one of my linebackers, Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech. And my other one is Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State. There's just there's so much speed between these two downhill. But also, and again, Jordan Brooks, not the best coverage linebacker right now. I think Willie Gay is better than him in that area currently. But Brooks has the mobility, he's got the fluid hips, he's got the explosiveness and the long-range speed to be somebody that can eventually mold into that as long as that football IQ increases, as long as that technique increases in zone coverage. 
I just I think I, again I there's room to work with with a lot of these prospects that are in my lineup like a Daryl Taylor like a Joshua Uche Jordan Brooks Willie Gay Jr. But the sky is the limit for those players and I'm all about speed right now in this 2020 offseason at corner. The theme is man coverage. Go up to the line of scrimmage, shadow their best guy, and follow him across the formation. And I think Christian Fulton out of LSU, outside of Jeffrey Okuda, is the best at that in this class. He is my CB2. You just you turn on the tape, man, of him against Henry Ruggs, against Jerry Judy, against T. Higgins, uh, against C.D. Lamb, and he just does not shy away from the competition. And he's got good speed, man. This is not a Razul Douglas who is only about length and you know tackling or Ronald Darby who's only speed Christian Fulton can run a 4-4 and he can be physical with you and jam Henry Ruggs at the line and, and knock him off his spot really really like Christian Fulton and then two guys that are very similar in that style just go up and press them and sometimes you don't need safety help it's Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama and AJ Terrell out of Clemson so three big school guys but they all have that same kind of style that I just really like. I don't like the cowardice calls of going 10 yards deep because you can't stick with them if you aren't that deep. And that's why I like Fulton, that's why I like Diggs, and that's why I like Terrell. My two safeties to round out the Lou DiBiase My Guy lineup, Jeremy Chin and Antoine Winfield Jr. Two Different styled safeties. I think Antoine Woodfield Jr., he is perfect for that single high role. He is your deep safety that's a turnover machine. Very similar to his dad. Plays a lot like his dad. At Minnesota, just the tape is a lot of fun. If you want a ball hawk for this Philadelphia defense that has desperately needed that for a long time, in the safety spot, because you added that in at corner with Darius Slay, I think Antoine Woodfield Jr. is a really intriguing option day two. And then Jeremy Chin, I call him Isaiah Simmons light all the time because this is a guy that he just looks like a robot on the field, man. Like you build him in a lab, and that's what it looks like. You build a defensive player that can play safety deep. In the box, he can play linebacker. He can go one-on-one against tight ends and running backs. Jeremy Chin, I don't know how their defenses are going to use him, but like Isaiah Simmons, I think it's a disservice to him if you only have him in one spot moving forward. He is the modern-day defensive Swiss Army knife, and love the idea of Jeremy Chin as well to the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, I would love any of these guys, but specifically those two corners or those three corners and those two safeties, if the Eagles can find a way to bring in at least one of them, I'll be a happy guy. All right, let's hit a break here on Lockdown Eagles. When we come back, let's hear from Gino Camilleri. Let's see who Gino is in love with in this 2020 NFL draft. He's going to construct his offensive and defensive lineup of my guys coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. All right, guys, now it is my time, your host, your co-host, as always here, Gino Camilleri, to give you my guys. And we did this last year. It was a pretty fun show. I had a lot of guys that went on to have success this year that I really fell in love with in last year's draft process. Juan Thornhill, Super Bowl champion. Kalen Saunders, Super Bowl champion. Nasir Adderley was one of my guys. Man, the list goes on and on. JJ, he's on the Eagles. Not many of your favorites, but he's still one of my favorites. But this class, man, oh man. I've loved the draft for a while, but this is like the most in-depth I've gone into a class and felt a part of it. I mean, going down to Mobile, you see over 100 guys. I mean... 
there's close to 500 prospects in this class, so you're covering around 20% of them. I, I got to saw him, see in person, which was awesome. And then how many guys can really be draftable? You're only seeing like 250 to 300 guys with draftable grades on them. So within those draftable grades, guys that I really fell in love with in this process, and Lou went through it with you guys, and I'm going to give you all, my all 22 here, and I'm going to go through some positions a little quicker than others. I'm going to really pinpoint the, the five guys that I think are best fits for Philadelphia, because I, I know that's what we are here for, for the Lockdown Eagles podcast. A few of these guys don't really fit what the Eagles need in, in the direction that they're going, but the guys that really, I, I believe, could bring an element to to this to this team I'm going to highlight. So we're starting off at QB. We know that Carson Wentz is the future, but to me, my guy, number one QB in my heart for the Oregon Ducks, as much as I loved Marcus Mariota, Justin Herbert is just, I don't think people are really fully seeing what that kid is going to be. And I hope he lands in... I'm hoping the Chargers, I think that's a good position for him to succeed. I mean, Miami, they've been investing in weapons on that offense, and they have all the draft picks to really build around him. Would really be intrigued to see him there, but wish we could have a chance to have him if we didn't have Carson Wentz, so it's not a bad problem to have. Moving on, we're going to some wide receivers that I believe we've talked about a few times on this show. And a couple of my guys that I've mentioned time and time again, and Van Jefferson and Antonio Gandy-Golden, and I got to see both of those gentlemen down in Mobile. And as much as people might compare Antonio Gandy-Golden to our good friend J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, they literally had the same exact relative athletic score, according to Math Bomb, and a lot of people have projected them to play similar roles. But when I see AGG, I really believe he, he has that element that that JJ doesn't have in that playmaking element to create after the catch and watch the tape. He's got something to him. I don't think he'll be a pick for Philadelphia, but man, I think he's going to end up in a good situation and be a nice wide receiver two or three for a team for man. If he goes to, for example, like San Fran right now, like they need a, a big bodied wide receiver on the outside. Like that'd be a great spot for him. I know they go more speed, but I think he would be a nice element to that offense. And Van Jefferson too, man, just an, another player who's an unbelievable route runner. You talk about separation. The guy lives in separation. He's an unbelievable route runner. When I, when I watch guys that create separation without having that top line speed, I think of Devontae Adams. Not saying that Van Jefferson is a Devontae Adams, but how he gets open. That's the same type of way. Just clinical in their route running will really take them far in the NFL. Moving to tight end, uh, a player that maybe could fit a need for the Eagles, but not not a huge one. Steven Sullivan at tight end, the the under the radar tight end out of LSU, really put a clinic on down at the Senior Bowl. Showed off his athleticism in Mobile and at the Combine. Somebody that I really believe has the catch radius, has the athletic ability to fit this modern style NFL as a blocker. We'll see where he can go. You've seen flashes of it in the practices. You've seen flashes of it in the games because he wasn't really receiving tight end last year. Could he be in Philadelphia? We'll see. I I would like him as a third weapon, but not really a guy I expect them to be fully interested in as they have two great tight ends already on the roster. We're going to go to... Now the interior of the offensive line, and I want to stop right here for a second and highlight a few players, and this is one position that they really do need help, and I think right around that second to third round is like 
prime territory to really get a guy, especially at center, if you were to need one to replace Kelsey. You don't know what his future is. It's it's up in the air. We've we've heard him mutter around the R word, retirement, and the old adage goes that once that word is in your mind, it really never goes away. So I, I only think it's a matter of, of when, not if, with Jason Kelsey. It's going to come sooner rather than later. And two guys that I believe could be the heir to the throne and guys that one is more technically sound than another. It, both very good players in their own right. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry and Matt Hennessy. Cushenberry, national champion out of LSU. Just a pure mauler, like an unbelievably d- a dancing bear, to say the least. And then Matt Hennessy, a little more nimble. Doesn't really like look the part of an NFLer. I saw him in Mobile, and I was like, wow, this guy does not look like a full-time football player. But when you see him get in there and break down into his pass sets and he's not going to give you full anchor ability but man he's just so technically refined like Jason Kelsey he just he thinks so much faster than the game and as somebody who when I played not football when I played lacrosse I, I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now out of shape but I understood the game well so I could see things coming to me so that's how you overcome things especially in the NFL if you can think faster than the play happens you can overcome some things and Matt Hennessy I believe he could be the heir to the Kelsey throne I also believe that uh, Lloyd Cushenberry could be the heir there and then another very important position to them is that swing guard slash tackle and one guy I love of course I'm going to stick with my Oregon Ducks is Kelvin Throckmorton Reason being, he played four different positions in college. I mean, the Eagles love that versatility. You talk about why they loved Big V, why they loved Matt Pryor, why they loved Isaac Sayamalu, all those guys they could move around. And with Cush and with Hennessy, you're really stuck in having them as center. With Throckmorton, you can wait a few rounds. You could wait until the fifth or sixth round to even address that type of pick and really grab him late in the draft and develop another offensive lineman that you can throw in wherever because versatility is key. I mean, Nate Herbig wasn't active for many games last year for a reason because he couldn't do anything except snap the ball. So I I expect them to go with a more versatile piece if they don't really take a big swing at one of the top centers, but swing tackle slash guard is a huge position for them and then just moving to tackle we'll touch on this real quick these guys maybe could be a swing idea for them Alex Taylor and Ben Barch Taylor out of South Carolina State under the radar type player he's six foot eight 310 pounds he's just an absolute goliath of a human being saw him down in mobile as well just unbelievable strength very raw but you talk about these raw prospects Jordan Maialata being one of them that Jeff Stoutland loves to build out a clay and I, I believe Alex Taylor would fit that mold and then Ben Barch he played at a division three level you get him NFL style coaching I believe the sky is the limit for him just could take it to the moon so finishing up on offense two guys that at running back and wide receiver, technically, for one of them, he's a he's a swing running back wide receiver. And then one, my favorite wide receiver in this entire class, the running back being Antonio Gibson and the wide receiver being Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, to me, is everything Philadelphia has lacked since they cut Deshaun Jackson all those years ago. Chip Kelly, uh, I'll never forgive him for that, but man... Ayuk just every you just see when he's he's playing the game that every time his eyes are downfield he's looking to find the end zone and they just need a home run hitter. 
how many times has Nelson Aguilar had the ball or Alshon and I mean Zach Ertz we make fun of him all the time because he can't make men miss just one time you get a guy that can win in yards after the carry and Ayuk is that to a T same with Antonio Gibson a guy that played wide receiver and running back could instantly fill your Jordan Howard role could be your slot wide receiver flex him out wide how uh, Doug used to do with Darren Sproles but now that he is gone they're going to have to replace that Antonio Gibson is just a chess piece in this modern NFL and I hear every week that he's going to go higher and higher and he was before this uh, outside of the top 150 for most mocks, and now you're seeing him in those day two, early day two, day three areas that, man, some team's going to get lucky to have him. But you get A.G. or Brandon Ayuk, and, man, put him in Doug Peterson's offense. Just get the ball in their hands and let the rest do the trick. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, a ton of players that we've been focusing on between Lou and I. We know the whole talk is wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, but the Eagles really need long-term help on their defense, specifically in the secondary and specifically at edge, I would say. I think that they would be more apt to take a secondary player first rather than an edge player because at edge you still have Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett is still on the roster. You do not know what the future of him is with his team option. You still have Josh Sweat, a good young developmental piece, and you still have Sharif Miller, who you also drafted last year. Heard the team isn't on, as high on him as they were before they drafted him, so we will see. At Edge, I believe there are two guys that I love. One fits more than the other. Kendall Coleman, unfortunately, he's more of a 3-4 jack linebacker, but I love him. He's going to be put in the right spot, get drafted by, by like Pittsburgh and end up with like seven and a half sacks next year. He's just that speed rusher on third downs that if he's in a 3-4 could really excel. Kind of plays that Jannard Avery type role that the Eagles already have, so I couldn't see that. But a guy that talk about fitting a role at edge and both the Jannard Avery type role where you can interchange him in the, in, in the A gap and the B gap and even flex him out wide into the wide nine is Josh Uche out of Michigan. I've talked about this kid time and time again, and his bend is surreal. I have one of my good friends, my, my fiance's best friend is a physical therapist, and she's able to men, uh, to measure ankle dysflexion and some other fancy science word that I, I can't remember unless I got it written down. Um, and she looked at Josh Uche's ankle and said if he went like a degree farther, he probably would snap his ankle. And I just thought in that moment, when is the last time the Eagles have had an edge rusher that could bend like that? It's been quite some time. They they got guys that have high motors, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, guys that win with that upfield burst, getting into the chest of the offensive lineman, beating with, with their use of hands, but they don't have this guy that kind of just like, slithers from the outside and just like can get skinny in the gaps and has that speed and can corner and has all these abilities to dip at the top of the arc Uche man like he's gonna get drafted high I got a I got a feeling about it I don't think he falls into where Philly would be thinking to take an edge rusher but man oh man I would love to get a speed rusher in there like Josh Uche Moving to the interior of the defensive line, two guys that I, I really love. Don't think they would have a chance to get one over the other. Uh, Justin Matabuke out of Texas A&M. Just an absolute freak of a player. I mean, something with those guys 
that when they put that crimson color on, they just excel at three or at uh, three teching. I mean, you look at Fletcher Cox he, at Mississippi State. You also look at Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. Matabuke, the the crimson at Texas A&M. These guys just have that first step ability. Just absolute ballers in the middle of the field, something that the Eagles love, but he's going to get drafted way too high for the Eagles' liking. But if you want to go depth later on, Benito Jones is one guy I absolutely love. I, I've made my love for him known many times. Much like Kalen Saunders, an absolute unbelievable bender in the hips, can really anchor for you in that run game if you were to need. I believe he didn't show his best athletic output at the combine. I mean, just look at his scores. He was like the worst scoring interior defensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. But I believe that what you saw on tape out of him and what you saw at the Senior Bowl and his ability to really hold up in the run game could be something that the Eagles need because Malik Jackson isn't the greatest run defender. Javon Hargrave is, but when he needs a break and when Fletcher Cox needs a break, they're going to need somebody in. Ridgeway is fine in his own right, but Benito Jones could be a, a guy that you get in there for depth reps and really throw him into a rotation. Now moving to the bulk of it, we're going to touch on corner first and then the last two biggest positions in need, in my opinion, at safety and linebacker. I know I mentioned edge. I completely forgot about linebacker for a second just because we don't high, hold it uh, uh, in high importance on the show, as you guys have known, but at corner... Three guys real quick that I love. Dane Jackson, Javelin Guidry, C.J. Henderson. Speed, 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 and more speed. The Eagles haven't had it at that position in quite some time. Dane Jackson was the slowest of the bunch running a 4-5-7. His ability to press, though, is just something that I really haven't seen in in the Eagles' corner in quite some time. We'll see it now in Darius Slay, but the other two, Henderson or Guidry, just turn and run with the guy, man. They got 4-3 speed, absolute burners, would really fit into this defense. And especially now with Slay, man, it's going to be tough for teams to fit it into spaces. When you guys that ha- you can get guys that cover ground as well as a guy like Javelin Guidry or C.J. Henderson or at linebacker, players like Logan Wilson or Troy Dye would bring you. And those are two guys that in this modern style of NFL defenses, you need linebackers that... Yeah, they'll be okay in the run game, but if they can cover, they're really good. To me, Troy Dye, I'm sticking with my Oregon Ducks, but man, his ability to cover is just unbelievable. He's going to be a liability a little bit in the run game, needs to add some mass there, but just see him cover tight ends, see him flip his hips. It's just something you don't really see in linebackers. And Logan Wilson, another guy, more stiff than Troy Dye, but just understands the game so well, understands route concepts, is going to be a guy that you can skinny out routes, really compress down the stem for wide receivers, really be able to use those bracket-style coverages that they haven't been able to use successfully in the past. Just two guys that they really need that can understand defenses, and both of those guys were smart players, defensive captains. goes without saying that they would fit right in here in Philly. Saved my final position, my favorite two players arguably in this class. I say it multiple times that safety is my favorite position to grade for a reason, because there are players like Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin with all the athleticism in the world that would fit right into this Eagles defense. I've been saying it for two off seasons now. They need to draft a young developmental safety that could one day be a true single high. People call Kyle Duggar a linebacker. I've seen his speed in person. It is just like he's floating on the field. 
it's surreal. And then Jeremy Chin, man, he's Lou loves to say he's the FCS Isaiah Simmons, and it, it truly is. And if one of those guys gets their names called, or if any of these guys gets their name called by the Eagles, I'm going to be pretty happy. So thank you guys for listening in. Another year of my guys. We're going to keep talking until the draft. So stick with me here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, and we'll flip it back to Lou. All right, Gino, thanks very much. That's going to wrap up this edition of Lockdown Eagles. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the My Guys edition of the podcast. There you have it. You have my offensive and defensive lineup of prospects I'm pounding the table for, and the same for Gino. We're always talking after the show, so let us know what you think of each episode. Hit us up at DiBiase, L-O-E, and at Gino underscore L-O-E. For my co-host Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any platform. Thanks everyone that has left us reviews. We really really do appreciate that as well. Continue to do that. It's how we grow the show and can continue to post so many episodes for you. And of course, we're always posting our shows as well on LockdownEagles.com That's going to do it. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and let's go Birds!